Welcome to the CC Broadcast, part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, Truths to Live By, Your Heart Matters. So how is it with your heart these days? Today we are looking at a beatitude from Jesus about the importance of the human heart. I hope you'll stay with us as we continue our sermon series, Truths to Live By. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty, holy, and merciful God, pour out upon us the Spirit so that we may think and do what is right and have the strength to live according to your will. In the name of Jesus we ask this. Amen. Come thou fount of every blessing to my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it Mount of Safely to arrive at home Jesus sought me when a stranger Wandering from the fold of God He to rescue me from danger Interposed His precious blood Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 8. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
How is your heart these days? Now, I'm not asking about the muscle in your chest that pumps blood, but the heart which Hank Williams wrote songs about like your cheating heart and your cold, cold heart, or Billy Ray Cyrus sang about as his achy, breaky heart. I'm asking about the heart you pour out to friends when you tell them of your hurts, or the heart that gets broken sometimes, or the big heart residing in the person who is kind and generous. That's the heart I'm asking about because that heart is the subject of today's passage. Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And in this instance, the heart is being used again as a metaphor for the inner person, which includes the mind, the will, and the emotions. It's our control center. The heart is what makes us tick. It's part of being fearfully and wonderfully made by God, the crown of his creation. And all of scripture tells us that our heart, our inner person, is a very important thing to God. He tells us to love, trust, seek, and serve him with all our heart. And to guard our heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. We're also told in our Bibles that while man looks on the outward appearances, God looks at the heart. And he even searches our hearts. And he desires to write his, the law of, of his new covenant upon his people's hearts so they will know it and gladly obey him. And God has even sent the spirit of his son to dwell in a believer's heart. So, obviously, your heart is a very important thing to God and he wants what's best for it. But the Bible also tells us that our hearts are sinful 
and also the source of our troubles and griefs and separation from God. For instance, in Jeremiah, we're told uh, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Isaiah quotes God as saying to his rebellious people uh, that they are far from him, even though their lips honor him in worship services. Or King David, after his adulterous affair with Bathsheba, prayed, Create in me a clean heart, O God. His heart, his inner self, needed cleansing within, for it had led him to sin. Jesus was quite realistic about the human heart. He said to his disciples, Don't you see that whatever goes into a person from the outside can't defile him? What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, uh, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within. And that spells trouble for us. The fact is, the whole of Scripture is a long history of our heart disease, stemming all the way back to the Garden of Eden. The gospel of Jesus Christ itself is ultimately concerned about the heart. That's what's at the very center of Jesus' mission and teaching. Christianity is so much more than an intellectual assent to a doctrine. It's also a heart matter, opening one's heart to him in repentance and faith. And our faith is also not primarily a matter of conduct and rule-keeping and external behavior. It starts with a captured, converted heart that wholly trusts and loves Christ and longs to please and serve God out of love and gratitude. We know through Jesus, that God really cares about hearts and wants to move into them and transform them and fix them and, and rule over them. That's why Jesus came into our world and went to the cross to fix sinful hearts that need healing, which moves us to the next word to be considered in our text then as we think about heart, the inner person. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, so far in the Beatitudes, we've learned that believers have desperate hearts needing God, broken hearts over their sins and the sins of the world, surrendered hearts yielded to God, hungry hearts wanting more of God and his righteousness in them and around them, merciful hearts that look beyond people's faults and sees their needs and acts to help. And now he's talking to us about pure hearts. And what does the word pure mean? When we think of the word pure, we think of objects that are free from defilement, not contaminated, cleansed of impurities. It's not a, a, a made up of a, a mixture of things. It's all one thing. For instance, pure gold has no traces of other metals in it. It's not divided, but all gold and only gold. The pure in heart believer is then undivided in his or her allegiance to God free from double-mindedness, from the tyranny of a divided self. They're, they're uh, undivided. Listen to this helpful statement from Pastor Brian Wilkerson. If you have an undivided heart, there's nothing in your heart that doesn't belong there. There's not a compartment for God and a compartment for family and a compartment for work or school. There's only one compartment and God is in it. 
pure also has to do with being single-minded. Uh, having a heart that's devoted then to pursuing God and his will. Danish theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, Purity of heart is to will one thing. The psalmist prayed in Psalm 86, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. He's basically asking God, Make my heart undivided in its loyalty to you, Lord. Being pure in heart has to do with being sincere as well. In Psalm 24, it says, The one who has clean hearts, hands and a pure heart is a person who does not lift up her soul to what is false and does not swear, make uh, oaths or promises deceitfully. In other words, in her relations with God and people, she's free of falsehood. Her whole life, public and private, is transparent before God and people. She's sincere, not devious, secretive and base. Her life is without deception and hypocrisy. Her motives are pure. Being pure in heart is not just doing the right things, but doing the right things for the right reasons, for love of God, sincere love for God. She operates without hypocrisy, duplicity, or shame. There are no mixed motives, only unadulterated love for God. I suppose we can best learn about being pure in heart from using a negative example. The scribes and Pharisees for whom Jesus used some of his harshest judgments. Listen to his description of the impure in heart. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you are full of robbery and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and uncleanness. Even so, uh, you outwardly appear righteous before others. Inwardly, you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Ouch! Notice that Jesus calls them hypocrites three times. That word hypocrite comes from uh, the ancient Greek theater. An actor would put on a mask, as he'd say his lines, and guess what actors were called? Hypocritus, ones who wear a mask. Hypocrite. In his eyes, the scribes and Pharisees were only play-acting before God playing religion to look good on the outside by their rule-keeping, but really lacking any realness or authenticity or love for God on the inside. And how few of us live one life and live it in the open. We're so often tempted to, to wear a different mask according to the occasion. There's a church mask we'll wear, or a mask at home, or a mask at the office, or a mask at school, but... This is not real, authentic, or pure, is it? And God sees through it as Jesus did. To be pure in heart is not to be a hypocrite, not to play act before God, but to be sincere. Maybe the best way to describe being pure in heart is this way. Uh, it's plain for an audience of one. It's playing for an audience of one, God. I'm reminded of a post-game interview with a pro athlete about his 
great inspired performance in a game, he told the sportscaster something like this. I was playing for my mom today, who I just lost recently. I believe she was watching me from heaven along with God. This athlete was playing for an audience of one that day. When you consider all this too, by the way, um, you can see ultimately that being pure in heart is in essence to be like Jesus himself, who's described in scripture as one who did not sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. He was perfect and spotless and entirely pure before his heavenly father, seeking only to glorify God. And Jesus says, kingdom citizens who are in pure who are pure in heart, are blessed, which we remember means a state of well-being in relationship to God, standing approved by him, enjoying the fullness of life that flows from having a personal relationship with him. So, blessed are the pure in heart, playing for an audience of one. Now we're ready to look at the promise given to the pure in heart. Jesus says, they shall see God. I mean, isn't that the apex of all religious experience, to see God, to have access to his presence? That's what our hearts were designed to long for. It's the ultimate blessing. The pure in heart will see God even now. Robert Smith, in his commentary on Matthew, writes, Jesus exalts uh, exalts purity of heart, which is a will and mind neither divided nor confused in its affections, devotions, and commitment. Then he says, the pure in heart have turned to God and they will see God and God will see them, acknowledge them, lift up his divine face upon them. Now, isn't it interesting that in our worship benediction, as we're being sent out into the world as God's people, that that we hear these words, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Peace. This seems to be saying that we'll see him. As we live out our undivided lives for God, the believer in Jesus can see God in a sense nobody else can. There's a God awareness. I recently was in a road accident that destroyed my car and so I needed to buy another one. And after I decided on the kind of car I wanted to buy, it was amazing to me how often I started seeing this kind of car everywhere I went. They were all over the place. I'd never noticed them before. So also, we start seeing God. His footprints in nature, as Elizabeth Barrett Browning wrote of of. Uh, wrote, uh, earth crammed with heaven, every common bush afire with God. We see him in nature. The, the Christian can see God in the events of history, having vision through the eyes of faith. God's at work in this. And there is seeing him also in the sense of knowing him, a sense of feeling his nearness and enjoying his presence in one's life or personal experiences in which we see the hand of God at work in this or that thing going on in our lives. And we meet him in scripture. Jesus prayed to God that he would sanctify his disciples in the truth, his word. And and there we, in scripture, again, look at his footprints in biblical history. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see God in all this glory. So God is not hiding from us now. The truth is, I'm sorry to say, is all too often we try to hide from him. 
but we're also promised that one day we will see him face to face when Christ returns with the new heaven and earth. As the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. And the Apostle John was given a vision of this in Revelation. He describes the new heaven and earth as God dwelling among his own. We will see him face to face as he wipes the tears from our eyes. Just think of it. Every believer in Jesus Christ is being prepared for a face-to-face appointment with the King of the universe. As I think about all we've discussed about this truth from Jesus, I realize my, my own tendencies to live a divided, compartmentalized life, to have anything but pure heart. Uh, My sinful nature still is at work in me. Maybe you can identify with that. So we need to ask, how is pureness of heart cultivated in the Christian's heart? Those who have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Well, first, it's cultivated as we, in recognizing this dividedness in us, that we turn to him daily in repentance and confess that to him and he will cleanse us with his forgiveness and give us a new start. And once again, the old Adam in us will be drowned in our daily repentance. But there's a good piece of news about to, to uh, about this question to consider as well. The Holy Spirit has been given for our purification. He has been given to every believer to cleanse us and work in us both to will and to do God's good pleasure. He's our hope. I am in his hands. His process of cleansing me, making me wholly devoted to God and his purposes for me, and shaping me into the image of Christ is going on daily. He gives a pure heart. Still, that doesn't mean we remain passive in this matter, for James writes in his New Testament letter, cleanse your hearts, O sinners, and purify Uh, Or cleanse your hands, O sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And Paul encourages believers in his letter to the Romans to mortify the flesh through the Spirit. That is not passive language being used there. The fact that I can't ultimately purify my own heart on my own does not mean that I should continue then walking in the gutters of life and just waiting for God to change my heart. Instead, I strive to walk a new path, his righteous path for me. Not to earn his favor, but because I want to walk in his light and be a light for the kingdom that might attract others to him. Imperfect as I'll always be, until I see him face to face. And mortifying the flesh through the spirit is about using spiritual disciplines to bring the body, the flesh, and the passions into subjection to God. Do you exercise spiritual disciplines in your own life? What it is, basically, is training with the Holy Spirit who uses certain exercises to change your heart, your control center. Uh, Discipline such as drawing near to God in daily prayer. As you draw near to him, he draws near to you, Scripture promises. Uh, or daily study of God's word in which he sanctifies, with his, sanctifies us with his truth, makes us holy, as Jesus said. Or there's the practices of abstinence, like making time for solitude and silence. Or or try fasting, not just from God for a short period, but abstaining from screens and cell phones or other things that take over and divide your heart. 
So blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's the truth to live by that Jesus gives us today. Now, as I said before, not only are we examining the Beatitudes, we're allowing these truths from Jesus to also examine us and cause us to ask ourselves, how is my heart these days? If you're not sure, ask the Holy Spirit in prayer to show you the state of your heart, and he will. That's why he's here. So may this little heart-to-heart with Jesus today bless your heart. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing, and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean, I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head, and I, I heard it just like you and me are talking. Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. 
That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. Like, <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.